Hello, Eden Chapel, and welcome back to today's devotional. I'm Pastor Aaron Case, and we will be covering during our time together Numbers chapters 16 and 17. Uh, Yesterday's reading covered laws about sacrifices, laws about unintentional sins. Even we looked at where a man was put to death for breaking the Sabbath. Um, And interestingly enough, which there's a lot of deep truths in that chapter, but the congregation stoned him to death. And what we see is, and especially in our time when we think so much is cruel and, um, you know, all these things are harsh. Well, what God was doing was he was allowing the people to take part in the execution so they could see what it meant to sin against him. It was a grace, even in the punishment, the righteous punishment of this man. So that's what we need to remember. God is good, regardless of the way our flesh or our times want to read in and back into what Scripture says. And then ended our time taking uh, a little bit of time anyway, uh, talking about the tassels that were to remind God's people of his faithfulness and his goodness. And obviously, we need to be careful not to make idols, right? Um, but little things that remind us of when God has came through and and how he's been good to us in our lives, those are things that we should keep around. Little, little uh, keepsakes or little uh, things that help us remember all these times when God has been so good to us, which will help us not only praise him, but also tell others of how merciful and wonderful our God is. Okay, so on to today in chapter 16, we cover what is known as Korah's rebellion. And oh my goodness, there is so much drama, so much going on in this chapter. Korah is a son of Levi, along with Datham and Abiram. They're sons of Eliab, and On, the son of Peleth, or Peleth, gathered men together, and they rebelled against Moses and Aaron. So we got we got a standoff here, right? They got well-known men, 250 chiefs of the congregation, actually, to join them. So these weren't just, these weren't your conspiracy theorist people who you can say, okay, I can understand why they went along. These were well-thought-of men. These were people who had everyone's respect, and they were on the side of Datham, Abiram, and these others. And so, they got together and they said, Moses, you've gone too far. They said, every one of us here is holy, all of us. So why do you exalt yourself above all of us? What gives you the right to do what you do? And what we're just as worthy as you. Why are you doing this? And now, just pausing for a second, we need to notice when anyone is in sin, what do they generally say to Christians? You have no right. What gives you the authority to do what you're doing, to say what you're saying? I'm not, I'm just as good as you are, maybe better because I don't judge. And if there's no standard, then what? Right? Then there's no truth. That what they're really saying is we want to sin. We want control. We want to do things our way, not God's. And we're going to We're going to see how that works out for these boys. Moses hears this, and what does he do? He immediately falls on his face. He says, in the morning, the Lord will show you who he is and who is his, who is holy, and he will bring them near to himself. So basically, you have 
put yourself out there. You basically made charges against me. So we're not going to settle this. You know who's going to settle this? The Lord is going to settle this. The Lord will decide. So do this. He then gives them instructions. Take censers, put fire in them, and put incense in them before the Lord. And then the man that the Lord chooses will be the one who's holy. Okay? This seems pretty simple. Then Moses says, okay, this is where <laughs> this is where Moses goes off. He says, "You've gone too far, sons of Levi." And now, have you ever been frustrated to the I mean, imagine <laughs> we've all been frustrated probably at this very moment, but when someone finally gives you a righteously allowed reason to respond, man, that is a freeing thing, right? You're not in sin, you're saying the right thing, but buddy, you've got passion behind it. Why? Because you're unloading I can't imagine all that Moses dealt with. I know what all that I deal with in my life. I can't imagine imagine what Moses dealt with in his life. And this is his time to unload on these wicked rebel men. And this is what Moses said. He said, didn't the Lord separate you sons of Levi for himself? But that's not enough for you. He actually included all your brothers as well. But now you would go as far to take the priesthood too? Who is Aaron? Who is Moses that you grumble against us? Know this, who you actually are murmuring against, who you're grumbling and complaining against is the Lord. Now, you would hope at this moment, the man of God says something like that, you'd be having second thoughts about your position, right? But sadly, that's not the case here. And can I just pause again, just for a moment, just to make one point? And I'm not saying this because it's self-serving, but I'm saying this because it's not said enough. I know pastors that fail. Um, and guess what? Um, in various degrees, all of us do. Um, none of us are perfect. And, and I know all over the world there are bad examples. Men like Korah and his, and his homies who would just um, feel like it's no big deal to just slam God's servant. Can I say something to you? Please be careful on how you criticize or even if it comes to slander, especially the person who God has in charge of the little body, the little church that he has you at, or maybe the big, whatever. But just make sure you pray as much as you do anything else because a lot of times I can, I can tell you, your pastor knows that they fail. And, and it hurts them that they're not what they would want to be or as good as they would want to be for you. Now, if you need to rebuke them, rebuke them and do it in love. But you know what else they need? They need your prayers. And you should be doing that three times as much as you are complaining because they need your prayers. They need to be lifted up to God because I can tell you one thing, most of them are praying for you regardless of what you think they feel about you or the job that they're doing. So, so Moses then, commercial over, Moses then sent his, to his enemies and he says, uh, come up, bring your censors, let's do this thing. And they wouldn't come up. They said, is it a small thing that you brought us out of a land flowing with, okay, this is funny, uh, <laughs> autocorrect changed milk and honey to meth and honey. So, that is a crazy promised land that they were headed to, I guess. Um, okay, milk and honey. 
that maybe is that maybe that's the message version it probably copied. But anyway, you you took us out of this land flowing with milk and honey to go to a wilderness where you make yourself prince over us. Oh my goodness. Like tell me this isn't the world that we live in today. We would rather go back to be enslaved in Egypt rather than this receive food like rain from the Lord God Almighty. Man, how many how many of us have tasted the good gifts of God? And we still find ourselves time and time again falling for things and falling with uh, our passions towards things that fail in comparison. They don't even get on the radar of God's good gifts for us. And that's, that's the level of just utter disrespect for God and his servants, Moses and Aaron. So Moses says to the Lord, don't respect their offering. And he calls for them again. He's like, we're going to meet the next day. And so they do. They show up this time. The whole congregation gathers together, is what the Bible says, against Moses and Aaron. Everyone was against them. And what does the Lord say? He's like, okay, stand back and I'll consume them all in a moment. And this is beautiful here, church. This this tells us something. The, the Lord says, back up because I'm, I'm fixing to destroy them all. And Moses and Aaron fall to their faces and say, Oh God, will the sins of a few cost the entire congregation their lives? What are these men doing? They're pointing to the work of our Lord Jesus. Huh? That'll preach, won't it? What did he do, friends? While his father was prepared for righteous wrath on his enemies, Jesus came on a rescue mission to make us right with God. Those who were his enemies, and for good reason, because we love sin. But yet, just like Moses and Aaron, they were pointing to the greater high priest, our Lord Jesus. And the Lord said, okay, tell the people to back away from them. Moses said, okay, now you're going to find out, right? The earth will split apart and we'll find out who is the Holy One. And exactly that is what happened. The earth swallows up Datham Abiram, On and the whole families, all of them, and eats them alive. And even the 250 men who had the censers of fire were burned by those fires. And so, did that make peace? Well, one thing God had them do was to take all those censers that were burned in the fire and keep them as remembrances of what not to do and not to question him. So, so we asked, did that make peace? Was there good times now that these memories were fresh in their minds? No. Nope. Literally, the next day, they, the Bible says they gathered together and grumbled against Moses and Aaron, and I'm not kidding. The Lord said, all right, stand back immediately. And Moses tells Aaron, okay, go and get your censer, put fire in it, and make atonement for the people, because the plague had begun. Aaron obeyed what Moses said, and over, or well, actually, the Bible actually gives us the number, 14,700 people perished that day. 
amazing, amazing after all of that. And then what's amazing is even more so, after all that, the chapter ends with the people complaining. Isn't that so, isn't that so sad? And also, it's so relevant. We'll talk about that more in just a moment. But in chapter 17, Moses then tells, is told by the Lord to tell all the chiefs of their father's house to grab 12 staffs, write the name of each man on the staff, and write Aaron's name on the staff of Levi. And then they were to leave the staff overnight, okay? Because God said, I'm going to put an end to all this grumbling. And it will be clear of whom the man that I've chosen. So overnight, Aaron's staff, it buds and even has almonds on it. And Aaron's staff was kept to remind the people not to murmur against the Lord. And believe it or not, the and believe it or not, the people complained about that. And, and you know what I always like to remind our people, and I'm sure they could use a reminder, and <laughs> I know we all could, but if you're not a part of Eden Chapel, maybe you've not heard of this, but the Greek word for complain or grumble is gungasmu, right? It just sounds like complaining, right? That comes from Philippians 2.14, where it says, do everything without grumbling or complaining. How many people have that as their life verse? How many people need that to be their life verse? How many people completely ignore that command? How many of us find really good reasons as to why we don't obey what God says clearly here? Man, we've, we've become so accustomed to complaining that we need to repent today. Grumbling is you and I as creatures from the dirt professing to the world and to our God that what he's given us is not enough. Oh, my friend, are you a complainer? Are you forgetting all that you've been blessed with? Do you only see what's wrong and not that you breathe and live and you have hope in eternity in heaven through faith in Jesus Christ? Ask God to shift your focus today. Let's live grateful lives for his glory. Amen. Let's go and have a blessed day. And let's thank him for all that he has done. Until next time, God bless.